life gets you down, Mrs. Brown. And things seem hard or tough. And people are stupid, obnoxious or bad. And you feel that you've had quite enough. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a brand new Dave Juskow podcast show. Coming to you live from New York City. New York, New York. What a great day for a ball game. Let's play two. <laughs> yes, it's almost summer. Baseball's in season. The hockey playoffs are here. And the basketball playoffs are about to start. It's a good, fun time of the year if you don't care that there's actually no football. If you like that kind of stuff. Otherwise, it's a great time of the year because it's getting warm again. We've made it through the winter. And everything is going according to plan, don't you think? Gotten through the awful Easter and Passover holidays and just move on to Memorial Day. Yes, I'm Dave Juska. I'm here by myself today. I thought I would do the show solo because I enjoy it every once in a while. It is not because I couldn't get any guests. All right, that's half of it. No, no, no. Today I, I could have. I chose not to because I have so much going on in my head. I just needed to talk freely and just talk like a person and and just uh, open up to everybody. Lots going on with the show. Lots going on with stuff. As you know, I've been doing this show out of my house since I left the uh, stand-up, uh, since I was asked to leave the stand-up labs location, which was a lovely location, but uh, the funny thing is, and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to do it in my house or I'd like doing it in my house, because it is fun to go to a location, but I am enjoying it. I mean, it's just me and my cat, she's staring right at me, presenting herself to me, which is a little awkward, and as long as she doesn't chew on the wires today, everything should go according to plan. Don't you think so, Selena? Selena, your thoughts? She's just staring at me. But there's a lot going on this uh, week with, with me and, and, and this show. I think I kind of mentioned last week, if you do listen weekly, that I have an opportunity, possibly, possibly to go to their new CBS podcast location called Play It, that they've been advertising a lot on Boomer and Carton. It would be very exciting because I think Boomer and Carton are on that that uh, network, which, you know, I've been wanting to go to a network for a while because it's, um, I like being part of a network. It's exciting. I mean, what's, what's the point of me having my own, I'm not Mark Marin. What's the point of me having my own website and promoting the cast there? Nothing's going to happen there. I like to be on with others. I wouldn't mind being on with other sports guys or with other comedy guys. I just want to feel part of a team because everything is awesome. Everything is awesome when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Oh, man, what a great song to have nominated for an Academy Award. This is when you know everything's right with the world, everybody. Everything is awesome. How dare you people nominate this song? How dare you? It's an embarrassment to anyone that's ever written a song before. For an Oscar? That piece of crap? And everybody knows it, too. That's the worst part. But you don't nominate Casino Royale, the Chris Cornell, James Bond song. That was the best song, a Bond song ever. 
besides Paul McCartney, which I don't think won, and that's still played today. Don't don't the Oscar category shouldn't they be ones that you may think will stand the test of time? Do we really believe that Birdman will stand the test of time? Do we really believe? Does any of you who voted for Birdman to be best picture actually believe that you'll remember what won next March? I don't think so. Or February. Oh my God, I'm so old. I'm like, yeah, but I still have the Academy Awards in March. Nobody's going to remember. You know how you can never remember from year to year? What won the year before? I don't remember. What won two years ago? I can't think of it. I can look it up. I have a computer. I choose not to because I don't care. Was it Argo? And that idiot Ben Affleck? That wasn't a bad movie, though. Anyway, yeah, so I might go to the CBS thing. Maybe. I don't know. They're deciding. Listen, I don't bring a lot to the table. You know, I'm not Mark Marin, and uh, I don't have as many listeners as he might or Adam Carolla, or Joe Rogan. But I do the best I can. The show builds. I'd like to think it builds every week. I think people like it when they listen. And that's why I've been kind of saving up guests. Like, I, you know, I, obviously I can ask Tell or, or, or Rachel or even Sarah to come to my house, do the podcast. They don't mind. I don't mind them being here. They've been here multiple times. But I was just kind of waiting. I've been in like a holding period to, to see where the show was going to be. And also, next week, I know I told you this week I was kind of hoping to have the Odd Couple guys in, but that's not going to happen until May now. Frank is very busy. He's writing for the Daytime Emmys, I believe. That's what he told me, the Daytime Emmys. So that's an ad, you know, for me, that's an outstanding guest. It's all about television. And uh, my good friend Lenny Marcus is on board with whatever we want to do. And he's busy too, but he, he's not uh, busy for an hour to do to talk about our favorite show The Odd Couple on any given evening and I am very excited about that show but for now I think next week I have a friend his name is Max King known him for many years he's uh, owned many really cool awesome restaurants and clubs Selena I swear to God I just bought that cable thank you now <laughs> where was I I like treating a cat like a person sometimes i'll come in and be like so how was your day you know i was thinking the same thing there's a, a puppy store downstairs in my building i hate it you know because it well it, you know it's exciting every day when you go see him but you also feel a little bad but at least you know all those puppies are being taken home it's like a doggy daycare every time every day when i leave the building hey fellas what's happening hey boys i see all the dogs in the window but they cut my cuts they kept they cut my cat's nails down there, so I, they're, they're okay. They give me a lot of hassle for it. You know, they don't like cats. So it's stinking. But I was going to well, I was gonna sue them. I'm like, you're telling me there's a pet place in the building and you're not going to do my cat's nails? Come on, people. But they were kind enough to do it, even though they charged me for it. See, there was a girl that worked there first who liked me, you know, liked me, liked me. And she used to cut them for free. And then I used to give her some money the way it should work and uh it's really funny uh you want to hear something really funny which uh there's a woman in this building that i live in i would have her on if she wasn't completely batshit crazy and she was in the movie are you ready trading places 
She lives in my building. She was in the movie Trading Places. She, she worked at Duke and Duke. Are you kidding? I love that kind of stuff. She's really pretty. She's older. And, you know, for me at this point to say somebody's older, you know, what does that actually mean? But she is older, but she's really pretty. I mean, still really pretty. She's probably in her 60s, and she looks really good. And she was in the movie, and I don't know how I found out. I don't know how I found out, but I did. And I have a picture on my phone of her. I've been looking and looking after I found out. I found out about two years ago. I've been looking. Where is she? Where is she? I know she's in because I've seen her name on the IMDb because I was looking her up online, and she had all this problem. She used to be a newswoman. She looks like a newswoman. And she, like, somehow blamed the president of NBC for killing her father. <laughs> you know, something in the ridiculousness of, like, those two girls that are suing the city because that explosion in the Lower East Side, and I'm so angry at them. You know, they're suing the city because they're like, they can't take the mental anguish because the place exploded next to them. And they're suing the city. They're taking a shot at suing the city. It's a dick move, but I understand when people got to take their shots. So this woman, you know, I think the NBC network wouldn't let her off one day when her father might have been sick. I don't know. They wouldn't let her take some time off. And then he died, so she's very angry and then went completely insane and blamed the president of NBC. I, I, it could have, news, it could have been Dick Ebersol. I, I don't, I'm not sure. And tried to sue the network. Of course, you know, you're not going to get away with a lot of nonsense when it comes to the network. You know, you either, you got to have a, a good case or a, or a video. You got to be caught with a, a dead girl or a live boy. <laughs> As they say in, Washington DC but so this woman did some crazy stuff and uh anyway I looked I find I've been looking through the movie looking through the movie and finally you know with good why a good widescreen clear tv I was able to finally find her I took a picture of the phone I've been sending it to everybody so but this woman is crazy and a lot of uh, you know Kenny's wife Kenny's been on the show many times his wife's had fights with her in the laundry room you know she's really crazy still find it completely attractive but she won't talk to men which is even more sexy you get my drift but she sits in the lobby i think her electricity's turned off so she sits in the lobby and does all of her uh, computer work you know but she she won't talk to you. you know you say hello and she won't say hi i think i've gotten her to say hi once in a while anyway she goes into the dog store where this woman's this 23 year old 25 year old was working who you know liked me it happens once in a while. And and the backstory on that girl from the pet store that liked me, um, she grew up in a graveyard. <laughs> her father was a graveyard caretaker, so her backyard was an actual graveyard. So those are the kind of girls that uh, you're probably wondering why a fellow like me is not married, but those are the kind of girls I like to meet on a daily basis. Ironically, I did want to date her to go to her house and see her parents house and see what the the action was i mean that is kind of you know interesting you think i got problems in the bedroom now if i gotta perform you know when i know there's a graveyard in the backyard well that'll truly be the test won't it i'm afraid of uh, i remember i was with one girl up in boston when memo was with me and i had trouble because there was a snowstorm and i was nervous that i i wouldn't get home I'm like a woman when it comes to having sex because I, I am thinking about so many things. 
you know, that is why I think why, you know, women take a long time to organize. Where, where am I going with this? But, you know, my theory is they're just really good at multitasking women and they're smarter than most of us. And so they can't, you know, focus on one thing because they're thinking of so many things at once. There's a great um, thing of that. Or Judy Davis does it in Husbands and Wives, I think it is. I think it's Husbands and Wives in the Winnie Allen movie where she's thinking of all these things. This guy's going down on her. She's like, but if I was a hedgehog, what kind of hedgehog would I be? I mean, that's probably just boredom, but that's the way I always think. Women are thinking of so many things. And when I was on this antidepressant medication called Effexor, that's when I figured it out. Because it really took concentration to finish. And even on the bottle, it said you would have abnormal ejaculation. What was it? Abnormal? Maybe it was abnormal ejaculation. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was, you know, you're looking at the body. Abnormal? Is it going to come out blue? That was terrifying. Because what does that mean? But what I found, what it was, it was just like, it, it's hard to concentrate. And then I was thinking, this must be what it's like, I guess, from what we've heard and what we've seen, uh, for women to orgasm. Wait, what am I? What happened to the sports part of the show? Now I'm talking. Now I've lost my mind, and I'm saying that this lady in my building is insane. Well, let me. This is what happens when you do the show alone. You obviously go crazy. Anyway, getting back to the point of the story of the woman from Duke and Duke. She goes in, the girl is, is, is big-breasted, uh, who works in the dog store. So this crazy woman comes in, who's also big-breasted, uh, and comes in and says, I'm surprised that they would, says to this poor girl, I'm surprised they would let such a top-heavy woman work in the front of the store. That's what she says to the girl. And she's like, uh, yeah. You know, she's got nothing to say. And then the woman's like, well... And then she leaves, and she goes, uh, well, you know, it happens to the bust of us. And then throws back her hair and walks out the door. And then this music plays. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool and you're part of the team. That's... Obviously, that part didn't happen, but uh, <laughs> can you imagine? Before you're 25, you got a job, that you, your, your baby's hitting a dog store. And some woman comes in and says, why would they let such a top-heavy girl work here? That's nice, huh? Isn't that just precious? What a horrible thing to say to somebody. But, anyway, that woman, uh, I think she has some guy that pays some of her bills. I don't know. I see her a lot of the restaurants, but I've also heard from other people that sit there in the restaurants with them. She doesn't order anything. I'll try and get more out of the story. I'll try and go out with her one day, and I'll report back, because I have been dying to do it. I guess all you got to do is buy her a meal, and uh, you're in. How rude. Anyway, I went to the uh, Nets game last night. The Brooklyn Nets. I've never been to the Barclays Stadium before, and it was quite delightful. I never wanted to go, because I was a huge Nets fan. I was a really, really big Nets fan, and I loved going to the Nets when they were in Jersey. And me and my friend Lee, who's been on the show before, 
would always go. We had a great time, and Jersey was a happening place where it was at the time for it. They were always in the playoffs. It was when Jason Kidd was on. It was so much fun. And when they, I found out they were moving to Brooklyn, I, I didn't like the Nets anymore. I was really upset. I'm sure I'd do the same thing if the Jersey Devils moved. I'd be very upset. And I wanted no, no more basketball anymore. So, you know, as I used to like the Knicks in the 90s with Patrick Ewing, and then I like the Nets. I know it seems like whoever's hot, it's a, but that's not the case. Or maybe it would. No, I don't know. I don't really care for either team anymore. I don't have a basketball favorite anymore. But it was fun being at the Nets game. But I got to tell you, I'd never been there before. But there were a lot of, I'm just going to, there were a lot of black people there. I know that, <laughs> I know it sounds awful. I'm only putting it out there because I'm, 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 it, it's an observation. When I've been to the Knicks games, it's very obvious you notice there's there's no black people in the, in the stands. There's no, you know, it's like they're all on the court, but there's no, you, you notice it because it's, it's weird. Obviously, there's none at the baseball stadiums. There's none of the hockey. And you don't see a lot at the Giants games. You just don't see a lot. And it's funny because, you know, that's who's on the field. So it was actually refreshing to see you know if Jay-Z owns part of a team I guess that's you know what finally I, I don't know is that is that prejudice I'm trying not to be I'm, this is an observation this is what happened to me when I went down to Atlanta and these girls that live there and I think I've told the story on the show I went down to Atlanta and we went to a restaurant and it was full of black people like it was half and half and I said, oh, is there a church function? Is something going on? And my friends are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, look at all these black people. You know, they're all, you know, they, you know it, it's like that's the way Atlanta is. It's completely diverse. Uh, you know, when you live up here, you think the South, you know, because of the, the Civil War and all the nonsense, like they don't let, I, I don't know, you know, you, you're wondering uh, – this is all coming out the wrong way, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, um, we just don't see that here. We think we're diverse, but we're not. When I go to a restaurant here, it's mostly white people and, you know, maybe a, a black person or two. Really? And when you go to Massachusetts, because I noticed that too, you're like saying to yourself, something's missing here, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it's no black, no Spanish, all white. But that's the funny thing about Atlanta and Washington, D.C. I noticed it, too. I'm like, oh, is there some, something going on? I feel like an idiot. But it's really, it's, it's a major difference that you don't notice until you've been there. I don't hang out in the South a lot. So that's why I noticed it at the Nets game. It was, what, it was the exact same thing as what happened to Atlanta. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Is, is it a special night? <laughs> what an ass I am. And I bring it up, and can you believe it? I bring it up on the 150th anniversary of uh, Lincoln being assassinated. And I, uh, I, I bring it up as long as we're on the topic because uh, they have uh, the original article from the, from the actual you know, New York Post when it was called, the paper had a different name, but uh, you know, it was called like the Evening Review or so, the Evening Post. And they have their actual article that they wrote. I, I'm holding it in my hand. That's why you hear the crumpling. 
Oh, and, and let me just say something. Next week, I think, so I was talking about Max King, who's, uh, you know, actually black. He's never, he's never going to want to do the show. <laughs> but he owned these restaurants, and he's way cool. And he owned, like, a bunch of restaurants, the coolest restaurants. And he always has been nothing but nice to me. Always has uh, given me, like, carte blanche. He's like, listen, everybody, just out drinks for free. Everyone knows it. And he went to school with my high school friend, Mitch. And he's starting a new website. Uh, I think it's called Duh. Oh crap! I'm sorry. I can't remember the name. Obviously, I'll know it by next week. And he wants to video the show, like like the way Boomer and Carton do it or something. And I said, well, you know, when I do that, I you know, you should, I'm, I'm fumbling through papers and I'm looking at the newspapers. And he's like, no, that'll be hilarious. So I think we're gonna try that next week. And my guest will be Irene Bremis, uh, my comedian friend who has the pendulum picks. And I guess we're going to give it a try and see what happens. And we'll do the podcast kind of in front of uh, cameras and stuff. And is it is it a good idea? I don't know. Hopefully with the backdrop, like a nice New York City backdrop, the Empire State Building in the back and everything. I told him I wanted to put a green screen up and have the uh, World Trade Center in the background so you don't know what year it is. It just <laughs> I know that's uh, tasteless in a way, but it would be people would be like, wait, what year was this actually done? Like, how we talk about topics that are subject to where you don't know. Like, like I'm just talking about the movie Back to the Future for some reason. So you don't know what actual year we're in. Is that funny? Maybe not. It's kind of funny, but I don't think I can pull it off. That, that's not good for your first episode. How about that? Maybe it's an April Fool's joke, and yet, maybe not. Anyway, reading about the assassination of Lincoln in the paper is hilarious, um, only because, and I bring it up, let me see if I can find the section. I'm going to try and highlight sections. It's smarter. So they're talking about, yeah, here it is. Uh, because also that day, and a lot of us forget, is that the Secretary Seward was also, uh, they were going to assassinate him. I think they slashed his throat, but he survived. I think. There, there was a whole... There was reports that he was assassinated, but I, I think the guy who went to do it got a little nervous. There was a bunch of stuff. They had it all planned out. It's really uh, messed up. It's uh, scary. So anyway, one of the guys just came to the house, uh, the Secretary of State. So about 10 o'clock, a man... This is the, the article from the Evening Post back in 1865. About 10 o'clock, a man rang the bell and called... And the call, having been answered by a colored servant... He said he had come, Dr. Verde, secretary, blah, 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 colored servant. Now, why is it necessary, do you think, to say a colored servant? Now, you know I love using the word colored because I like going back to 1865. But it's one of those things, you know, why is it necessary? It's like, is it, having been answered by a servant, is it necessary? Does it progress the story to say that he's colored? I don't think it does. It's like, um, I remember Michael Jackson, who clearly hated Jews, and he made that very clear. You know, one of his songs, he said, Jew me, kike me, something, one of the, the last albums. And I, again, you know, I, I don't even have any problem with it. It's like you expect Michael Jackson to be anti-Semitic. He's brought up that way. His father was. And, you know, what did he have problems with? He had problems with the, the record labels run by Jews. You're going to take it out on him. I get it. I get it. 
So I remember one day he was telling a story and he goes, and this little boy came up to me. He was a little Jewish boy. And he said, Michael, when is your next album coming out? The Jewish part had nothing to do with progressing the story. Either the kid must have looked Jewish or he was wearing a yarmulke. (laughs) And it was a little Jewish boy. And he came up and he said, Michael, Shalom Haverim. Like if he said something like that, I would get it. But it doesn't progress the story. But it's so funny. This article, it's completely fascinating. And it's really sad. Lincoln. I don't even know whether it's changed. That's all I got on that. I just wanted to say the word colored servant. Uh, That's what I do now on this show. What is the matter with me? I don't know. I don't know. But I have... um, I have some breaking news. You know, I usually have the song. I guess I didn't use it today. I guess I guess I didn't realize I had breaking news. Oh, I'm just in the wrong category. How about this? Breaking news. This is the Dave Juskow Podcast. Now, Brian Williams was seen outside his apartment the other day carrying his uh, super hot daughter's dog, Moxie. So he's been in lockdown mode for, uh, you know, since the incident. Brian Williams, the NBC newscaster who apparently fabricated a couple of stories. Now, I have said on this show that I think it's a, a mockery of itself to, 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 to who cares? What are they suspending him for? He does a good job. He's likable. Do we actually think he did any of these things? He reads off a couple of cue cards or a teleprompter, and he's a male model. I don't think he's a report. I don't think he's a hard-hitting, hard-nosed reporter. I don't care. So just put him back on the air. So here's what I'm announcing: breaking news. Now, one of his fabrications. Now we know he said he took enemy fire in a, an Iraq helicopter. We know he said. There was a lifeless body floating down a French Quarter while he was in his uh, hotel, <laughs> which apparently did not happen. And the third thing, which a lot of people don't know, is he said he was mugged in a New Jersey Christmas tree lot. Yeah. So I'm telling everybody, and this is the breaking news, that this is a true story because I was the one to mug him. Yes, I, David Juskow, mugged Brian Williams at a Christmas tree lot in New Jersey. That was me. So that's a true story. I think we can get him back on the news. Breaking news. David Juskow mugs Brian Williams in a Christmas tree lot in New Jersey. I'm admitting it, everybody. It was me. And I'll take full responsibility for doing it. And uh, I'm sorry it took me this long to mention it. So, Brian Williams, I apologize to you. I'm apologizing that everybody thinks your story is fabricated. But let's get this idiot back on so he can read off a dumb teleprompter and and we could give a shit. I don't know why. Do you feel bad for the guy? I think everybody feels bad for him. Who cares? None of these guys do anything. And let me tell you something. This Laura Logan whatever you pronounce her name, the South African super hottie from 60 Minutes, and I've been waiting to talk about this for weeks. 
she's had some sort of accident uh, recently. She's coming back on the air. I can't stand when she does a 60 Minutes piece because she... I'll never forget when the war was going on, she would go out and interview the troops. And I'm like, what are you sending this hot girl to Afghanistan or Iraq? Is this necessary? This hard-hitting reporter? And I said, this is a mistake because you're, you're riling up the boys. You're riling up the people that, you know, they hate women over there. Why, why is this necessary? And you know what I found out? Which nobody talks about. She started fucking one of the the soldiers and broke up his marriage. I was right. I knew that she was way too hot to be there. There was going to be trouble. And there was. And then recently there's been trouble again. I don't think it's anything like that, but she's she's problematic. She, she, I'm sorry. I don't I I don't I don't care. I don't want her in Afghanistan. I I you know, I don't need her doing hard-hitting pieces. I just don't. And whether you find it sexist or not, I was right. I said it to myself when I first saw it. I'm like, boy, that's not going to end well. And it didn't. So these reporters, that I don't, I don't need a lot of them doing the hard-hitting news. They, there are guys out there that I like. I got a friend, Miguel Marquis. He does CNN news. If, if he wants to do hard-hitting news, that's fine with me because he, he kind of reminds me of a Spanish Harrison Ford. That kid's all right. I've known him for a long time. I don't know. I can see him being, but he's still too good looking. You know, you want your your hard hitting reporters to be, uh, you know, guys that really shouldn't be on television. You want more of a Dustin Hoffman and Woodward and Bernstein, and not the Woodward type. Because I'm, I've seen pictures of Woodward. He's pretty good looking, but those are and that's funny because those are newspaper guys. Meanwhile, he probably could have been on television. But you want them to look something like Dustin Hoffman, and just be a little. A little badass and nerdish. You know, it's funny when I think of the movie uh, Rear Window. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a great Alfred Hitchcock movie. It takes place in one room. I was just telling a girl about it the other day. It's a classic. It's really good. It's surprisingly entertaining. You know, it's one of those things you're like, I don't want to see a film that takes place in one room. That's stupid. But it's not. It's really good. And uh, it all t- he's always looking out his window because he's, he's a, he's a hard-nosed war photographer jimmy stewart oh uh, listen uh, what i do out there i'm 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 in the jungle and i i i, I, I sometimes it gets dangerous out there and he breaks his leg so he's holed up and he you know solves a murder in his uh, apartment and it's really interesting and grace kelly's in it and it's one of those things that if you're you know younger like i was i mean the, you know i'm not old enough the movie didn't come out when i was born I mean, it came out before I was born, but, you know, you always heard about Grace Kelly and how beautiful she was. Here's a movie with Grace Kelly, because I never understood. What's the big deal about Grace Kelly? You hear about her all the time. And then you see her in this movie. God, she's really pretty. One of those pretties where, you know how, like, you see Marilyn Monroe, and you're like, really? Is that, uh, that's, I guess, a pretty Ford's day. Ford's day. You know, you see pretty, Annette Funicello. We were talking about that the other day. What, what's that all about? Pretty for its day, the 50s, 60s, yeah, it's kind of pretty. Now there's a different kind of pretty. You know, Pamela Anderson, pretty for the 80s. You know, I don't know. Would we still find her completely sexy if you're watching Baywatch now? Is there a different kind of hot that we think about now? Is Kate Upton more of like a 21st century hot? I don't know. But Grace Kelly, truly hot for the ages. 
I'm, I'm watching Selena. Selena, you're making me nervous. Get out of here. Go eat something. Um, but it's true. I saw that movie, and I'm like, you know what? She's uh, just as hot as everybody said she was. So anyway, she plays like a, you know, like a girl, uh, an Upper East Side socialite girl that works for a fashion magazine. You know, but she has her own job and everything, but she's gorgeous, and she's in love with Jimmy Stewart. He won't commit for this guy. He was probably my age at the time. She's probably 23. And this guy, he's like, oh, no, I say, I, I got to be on my own. I, uh, uh, I, I can't settle down. And this girl's like ridiculous. She's coming on to him. I mean, if this was a movie now, she'd be like, but what if I keep blowing you? Would you like, now, you know, it's all innuendos and that's Hitchcock and it's kind of fun, but she wants him. She wants the, you know, she doesn't really pressure him and she, she's by his side. Oh my God, is she by his side? She's like, I'll help out with the murder. And he's like, no, no, it's too, it's too dangerous, Lisa. And then he's just telling me, he's like, listen, as a photographer, I mean, I'm out there in the trenches. You're going to get yourself dirty. You don't understand. In fact, the end of the movie has her changing from her evening gown wardrobe to, like, jeans, where she looks awkward in. It's really weird. I guess they didn't have female jeans back then. And, and that's the end of the movie, that she's in jeans. She's like, I'm going to change for my man. Because I can have Jimmy Stewart. What? What? <laughs> Uh, we're going to sleep in the jungle. We're going to eat beet worms and bugs. And you're going to have to, you know, there's not going to be any treatment, any special treatment for you. What a dick. But that's the way Alfred Hitchcock was, so it makes a lot of sense. I don't know. It's just, uh, you should see that movie, though. It is really good, and, you know, it is kind of funny in its sexism and its... Uh, the way it is but it still holds up as a real that Alfred Hitchcock is you know much now that we've seen all these movies based on what a kind of a dick he was and a crazy person he was his movies do hold up god damn North by Northwest they're like little time capsules of uh, you know kind of a fun era in the 50s I guess so I always say the 80s were like a really fun time I think we had a hilarious president the music was hilarious. The wardrobe. I love growing up in the 80s. Not, like nothing bad happened, you know? It was like all good stuff. Selena, you're on the wires. You have to get off. <laughs> it's so funny. I can tell the difference. Come on. Go away. You're sitting on the wire. You don't see it. Selena, seriously, you don't hear the difference in the podcast? Come on. She ain't moving. I can't. She's so fat. I can't move anywhere. Anyway, the 80s, I always think, were like the most hilarious of decades. But you know what another good one was was the 50s, as depicted in Back to the Future. That Back to the Future is the perfect movie. It's made in the 80s, and then it's shown in the 50s. I mean, it's perfect. It shows you it's, everything's hilarious. Do you think nowadays there could be a band like Kaja Gugu or Duran Duran or any of those hair bands? The fact that Bon Jovi made it out alive. They're the only hair band to have made it out of the 80s. Come on. Ugh, this kid. Anyway, come on. You, what are we doing? 35 minutes in. I haven't even talked about what's going on. There's hockey playoffs. There's there's basketball. I went to the Nets game last night. The Nets won uh, the game so they can go to the playoffs. They're gonna. I think they're going to lose horribly. They played horrible last night. They played the lame Orlando Magic. They barely got there. 
They barely made it. They finally pulled away in the fourth quarter. It was sad. I think the Hawks are going to kill them. However, uh, when I was on the Artie Lang show, oh, I'm bragging, when he had his direct TV show, every week I would come on and his producer would be like, Dave, you, you got to do something to make the playoffs interesting or you got to make it more interesting. Like even when we did the Final Four, I had a plan where we would still pick every week so you can make it interesting because Artie, you know, tends to fall asleep. <laughs> so I came up with this really great game. Selena, I swear you're going to – come on. <laughs> I got to get one of those bottles of water, but I hate it. I have a compressed air thing I probably should have used. Anyway, I came up with this game, and it's called the just the, the playoff contest. I combined the NBA and the NHL playoffs, and um, the winner wins the Cow Cup, K-O-W-C-U-P, short for Just Cow. And for now, we just do it for fun. There's no money involved, and I took all the people that have been on the show and I asked them to fill out for for this week at least the hockey playoffs because I knew what, I only found out what the NBA was today, and you know the, the the game lasts you know like two months, so it's great and it's fun. So I took myself, my, you know Kenny who's been here, uh, David Schechter who helped us with the Super Bowl picks, Irene with the pendulum pick, our friend Mary from the Oscars, Caitlin who's been on the show. Uh, Memo, who, you know, set up the whole equipment, has been on the show multiple times. John Vitti from the Boston Globe. Uh, Alan Klein, who was on the show the last two weeks. His uh, husband, Lee, and our good friend Scotty from the Oscars and the Super Bowl, who was really gay. Because I think it's fun to have, you know, people that, you know, you have somebody like John Vitti from the, the Boston Globe who knows sports very well. You know, you have Kenny is a gambler, David Schechter, so they know sports in a completely different way. And then you have Scotty, who knows show tunes. So there's nothing funnier if Scotty were to win the Cow Cup and then show you how the playoffs are just a mess and no one knows anything. And so the way I do it is everybody's got to pick the team and how many games the series will go, and I assign points. If you get the team right, you get two points. If you get the thing right, you get one point, so you can get a total of three points to get everything right. So a lot of, you know, so I mean, I'm not going to go over everybody's picks, but a lot of people are picking the Senators to upset the Canadians. Uh, Mostly we have the Lightning. Uh, Mostly everybody's picking the Rangers. Even me. And uh, only uh, two of us have actually picked the Capitals to beat the Islanders. Or three, uh, Scotty, because he doesn't know any better. (laughs) It would be funny if he came on and he goes, yes, I do. I did complete research on it. I know he was so annoyed. So there's no way he did research. Um, and then, you know, you pick the game. So I think a lot of people think the Canadian Senators game. I mean, I got I was looking right here. I got four people, five people that think the Canadian Senators game is going seven games, which makes sense. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think the Rangers are going to win in five. Probably. They are hot. Damn it. Damn it. For me, I think the, you know, if you want to consider an upset, I think the Wild, the Minnesota Wild are going to beat the Blues. I have that. A lot of people bet in the Flames to upset the Canucks. Why not? I'm taking a chance. But we'll keep you posted. We'll see how everybody's doing. And next week we'll have the NBA ones. And I combine them all and combine the stories and the winner wins the Cow Cup. You know, when, the, when these players are over, like July. 
but it's fun, right? I really like doing it. And that's the thing, you know, if I'm on this uh, CBS, this play, you know, that's a sports thing. And, you know, I like talking about sports, but I also, obviously, I spend 35 minutes talking about nonsense. I like doing that, too. And until football season, I'm just going to be doing that. And even football season, I still just like talking about the nonsense. Obviously, I mean, I'm sitting here by myself. I can film more than I can do a four-hour show. I mean, I do the hour because, uh, you know, you just save, uh, save a little something. Uh, people come back. Uh, might be uh, pretty, pretty good. So let's see what else we got. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's Tiger Wood. Yeah, did you see the U.S. Open? That guy. Jordan Spieth, Spieth. I always wonder why they start so late. All they were doing was showing coverage of Tiger Woods. For some reason, Tiger Woods is still relevant. I can't stand watching that guy. That guy, who cares? But it was it was like kind of boring because the guy was winning from the very first day, which is also actually kind of exciting. But there wasn't a lot of action. Phil Mickelson made it a little close, but you really wanted to see that happen too. The, the older guy take out the younger guy in the last minute. That would have been really great. But 26% up from last year, 18 million from 6.30 to 7 when he got the green jackets. I say to myself, why do they start so late? Why is there always a chance that uh, they may have to play the next day because it gets dark? Why bother starting so late? But that's why. Ratings. They want to get the good rate by 6.30 and 7. You get those good ratings. That's where you get the sponsors. The funny thing is, though, the Masters never cares. There was something happening a couple years ago where the the Masters wouldn't let somebody play, and I think think it was a black guy you know obviously they're like no we already have tiger you know you know because the masters is in georgia just like we were talking about it is not segregated even though everything's combined there apparently i've been out there it's still pretty white and there was some controversy they wouldn't let this guy play and the fact that tiger woods was able to make it and accepted there is really a mirror i mean he really is like you know a jackie robinson the golf and so they wouldn't let the guy play. And so all the sponsors pulled out. I don't know if you remember this. It was a couple of years ago, maybe like seven years ago. So the sponsors, a lot of the sponsors pulled out. You know, like McDonald's. People, you know, car commercials. And the masters, the people that run the masters, they're like, yeah, you can go fuck yourselves. We don't care. We'll run it without commercials. We don't give a shit. Now that's balls to the walls, man. That is manly. That's when you know you got money and it just doesn't matter. Damn. It's like kind of horrible because they've obviously done something really prejudiced and bad. It's like almost like a, you know, like kind of a Hitler thing in a way, like where you're letting somebody get away with something just because they have money. But, you know, on the flip side of that, damn. It's, uh, it's balls. Got to respect it. I mean, that's the funny thing. Hitler's a horrible person, but you got to respect the balls this guy had in being an ugly motherfucker and telling everybody, yeah, if you're ugly, you're out. All right? I only want pretty people. I mean, that is balls. I want to do that. I don't want to kill everybody, but I just want to say, I don't want any ugly people around. You know, I'm sitting here saying that, right? From now on, I only want supermodels living in this building because that's the way everyone should have it. Just supermodels. And uh, that's it. No Jews. Because I, I haven't... Well, Bar Raffaele. I think she's Israeli. All right? We got a couple of Jews! 
And that's again, you know, when uh, there's no prejudice, when girls are hot. That's why Tyra Banks, there'll never be any prejudice towards her. She's hot. And when a girl's hot, you don't care whether they're Jewish or black or whatever. Hot is hot. And that's where all prejudice steps aside. I've mentioned this multiple times. It is really funny. When two guys are fighting at a bar and a really hot girl walks by, the guys will stop and be like, damn. <laughs> They're fighting over their girlfriend, but then a really hot girl, to break up the fight, you send over the, the hottest girl and she'll flash her boobs or something and then the guys are like, what? And then there's a bonding. These guys were about to kill each other on the floor, but then there's the bond, right? Oh, man. She flashed her boobs. I can't believe it. Because <laughs> guys are stupid. And that's what we do. We know we're fighting for no good reason. Most, shut up, Selena. Most guys will back up. Most guys don't want to fight. It's awkward when that happens. You usually just talk a lot and you back out. Most normal dudes. Yeah, some guys are just, you know, alcohol doesn't help. Some guys just want to fight. Not me. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Everyone knows that. Hey. Uh, and and speaking of hot, you know, uh, so this Kim Jong Un, the uh, dictator, the president of North Korea, his wife came out the other day, and she's hot. Her name is Ri Sol Ju. I was doing some research on her. I think she used to be a cheerleader, and she was in a rock band, and she's so hot. And it's just, I don't know. We were talking about hot girls, so I, I just brought it up. I just saw a picture of her. You know, there's very little that's known about it. I think she has a kid. And uh, she was in some, you know, some band. And and the best part is nobody knows anything about her. Nobody. Except Dennis Rodman, who apparently told everybody, oh, yeah, yeah, she, they, uh, they have a healthy daughter. Because the Americans are like, want to know. They're like, what's going on over there? Oh, they got a daughter. She was born in 2012. Yeah, it's all said. They said that... Um, they gave uh, she. They made her give birth, like uh, to mark the hundredth anniversary of uh, the Korean founder or something. I mean, that's scary as hell. But I don't know. She looks kind of sexy. Now, another thing uh, that happened uh, this week was there's a song. This is what I played at the beginning of the show, and I'll just uh, bring it up really quick. There's a song by Monty Python called "The Galaxy Song," and it's from the movie "The Meaning of Life." And it goes, Whenever uh, life like gets this. you down, Mrs. Brown, and things seem hard or tough, and people are stupid, obnoxious or daft, and you feel that you've had quite enough, just Remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving and revolving at 900 miles an hour. That's orbiting at 90 miles a second, so it's reckoned a sun that is the source of all our power. And it goes on like that for a while. And the funny thing is, is that this week, Stephen Hawking's did that song because it's all, you know, the galaxy song it's called. And he did it, and that's what I played at the beginning of the thing. And, uh... There's a video of it of him in his wheelchair. Whenever life gets you down, Mrs. Brown, and things seem hard or tough, 
And people are stupid, obnoxious or bad. And you feel that you've had quite enough. Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving and revolving at 900 miles an hour. That's orbiting at 19 miles a second, so it's reckoned the sun that is the source of all our power. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but he's actually, they made a music video out of it, and he's riding around in his wheelchair, and he's knocking over this other guy that doesn't agree with his theories. It's really funny. And um, and then it gets weird, because they just show clips of Monty Python's live act. It's a little strange, but I thought it was kind of interesting, because, you know, it's Stephen Hawking. It's, I mean, this guy is a genius. For real, not a comic genius. But now he's trying to become a comic genius? You know, like myself? Well, that's just not fair. You can't corner the market on comic genius. Because I've also seen him in The Big Bang Theory and that hilarious movie, The Theory of Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, audience. You know, (laughs) folks, I'm here all week. Now, you want to hear a great story? There was a... uh, a chess championship. I don't know where it was. Um, yes, I do. It was in Russia. Of course. And uh, the <laughs> he this he was the grandmaster, which is the, a chess grandmaster, which is like the biggest you can be. And and he's playing with an opponent oh I'm sorry it was it was the Dubai Open <laughs> I'm sorry folks how could I have not known how could your Jewish friend Dave Juskow not know about the Dubai Open why wasn't I invited so he's playing another grandmaster and the guy keeps going to the bathroom all the time and and they find out you know the guy's getting suspicious why do you keep going to the bathroom during our match and he goes to the bathroom, and, and they see next to the stall, he's got a smartphone. And, and, and he's, that's how he's making the moves. Can you, with a chess app. It was behind the pan. It was covered with toilet paper. You, you know, like where, uh, where Sally put the gun for, for, for Michael Corleone. Except this time it was, it was an app. I mean, he didn't just come out of that thing with his dick in his hands, you know. Came out blasting. Can you imagine? That's like, um, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's like he was so uptight that he was going to lose to this other douchebag that he had to cheat. Like that movie, The Last Boy Scout, where they they told that guy, you better start scoring touchdowns, and he goes crazy and just starts shooting everybody so he can score touchdowns. (laughs) It's like the guy had the pressure, the pressure of the chess community. You have no idea. How pressurized. Now, I'm doing German. Now, this guy was Russian, but I like this one better. You have no idea how much pressure is on the chess community. It's 15 moves away, but it's right there. Listen, Fraulein. I am a chess grandmaster. I can't just walk into the sunset. Now, I don't know what accent that is, but it's, uh, it made my cat get off the table. So it's something she's never like Germans. 
I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, let's go to, yeah, let's, um, let's do it. Let's go to the TV portion. How you doing, everybody? First of all, I don't know whether you know, you know, I've been watching, for some reason, I, you know, clearly a sign of getting old. I've been watching Meet the Press lately. What's the matter with me? That never used to happen. I like that guy. I want to be on that show. I like shows where they're like up and they're in the window and people, things are actually happening, not like a fake window like the Tonight Show or, you know, Letterman has. You know, I like the, the real action. I would like to go be on that show and be in D.C., um, you know, in the morning on a Sunday, you know, coming back from, what did you do last night? <laughs> oh, man. What's your view on, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton's nomination i'm like oh man i wish i could answer i got so fucked up last night <laughs> oh man are you kidding me <laughs> yeah meet the press Woo! i just figured they all go out for like a brunch late you know later and it would be so much fun to hang out with that panel because they're so smart i would actually i might even keep my mouth shut maybe but they're all probably you know they're kind of interesting but not interesting enough to sit through the whole hour or sit through a couple. But Mayor de Blasio was on. He used to run Hillary's campaign when she was running for Senate. And they're making a big deal that he uh, kind of threw her under the bus and isn't backing her in this campaign. And I hate de Blasio, and everybody knows it. Nobody really cares for that guy. He's a bad mayor so far. But the way he was saying it, he just said, oh, I'm just not ready to say that. I want to see what her views are. And you know what? That's I'm okay with that. He's just that's cool actually to not just immediately back some you're the mayor of New York. Take you know take it easy first. Maybe maybe she dissed him. I don't know. But let's say she didn't and everything is fine between them. I don't think that's a diss because then it's gonna look better because whatever view she has, if that's the plan and he just doesn't even care and he's just saying you know what? Now that I know her views, I think she is definitely the one. Now it's going to look like he really did the work. It's kind of a brilliant move on both parties if um, if there's anything to it like that, if it was thought out. I don't think it was, but it's a smart move. No, no, no. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to you'll, – you'll get my decision soon. Now, let me see what's going on in the world of – Television. I have so much stuff I need to catch up on. You know, uh, Sarah Silverman apparently, uh, you know, made some video where she's talking about equal pay, and she had this guy Al Martin from Broadway Comedy Club or the New York Comedy Club didn't pay her equal as Todd Barry. It's a big to do, and I've been getting a lot of flack for it. You know, from because I know Al Martin and his daughter, and she keeps texting me she's like, "What's with your friend?" And I didn't even know what was going on. I'm like, what? What happened? What did I miss? How long have I been in a coma? And I know both sides of the story. And I'm going to try and get them on the show. Not together. Maybe separate. But I'm going to try and do that next week. Just saying. We'll see what happens. Television-wise, though, uh, you know what they're thinking? You know how they did Peter Pan this year? And uh, you know how much I love it. Because uh, I kept playing that uh, thing when I wanted to... Uh, where is it? Damn it. If I had it quick, I would have done it. 
you know, the uh, Martin Short one with the uh, the Peter Pan and the John Candy playing Divine, playing Peter Pan, Peter Pan. <laughs> but uh, so this year they're planning on doing the Wiz, maybe. Either the Wiz or the Music Man. The Wiz, let me tell you something. The Wiz sucks. There's one good song in that. If you've ever seen the movie, you can't sit through it. It's so boring. Michael Jackson's in it. Michael Jackson is a scarecrow and it's boring. How is that possible? I remember when I was growing up, they made us do like the Wiz. The Wiz was our sixth grade graduation theme or something. I don't know. And we were all disappointed. <laughs> all you have is, come on in, he's on down, he's on down the road. That's not a bad song. Everything else kind of sucks. Although, you know what? Where are the good songs in Peter Pan? But that did crappy in the ratings. I mean, it just didn't do as well as Sound of Music. When you're going to do a musical like that, you better use something everybody kind of can sing along to, you would think. Or not do it at all, which is the main thing. Here's the ratings for this week, and I want to bring up first that Jack and Triumph, the show I talk about all the time, is uh, doing really well, and it keeps winning its night. Have you ever heard of civet coffee? Oh, that's what this is? Yes. Well, not exactly. It's... This is passed through the intestines of a former child star. Oh. Even better. It's... So that it has the special kind of bitterness that only child stars can conjure. It's, uh, you know, it's, I've been talking about the show since October. So I wrote to Bob Smigel, who, you know, created and produced the show along with Dino. And I told him, you know, uh, I just noticed, you know, I talk about the ratings on my podcast all the time. And I, I noticed that it keeps winning the night, which makes me so happy because I want them to do another season because I really, really love the show. And he said, thanks. I keep thinking nobody's watching. So I don't even think he knows that the ratings are doing well because he's got to concentrate. Now, that's a comic genius, not Stephen Hawking. And we talk about Smigel all the time and his, and his genius. And he really is. And it's a fun show. And I look forward to it every Friday. It's like one of those things. Well, I mean, I don't watch Friday nights. I'm out partying, right? right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, you know, rocking and rolling. <laughs> What's up, right? You know what I'm talking about. What? Sandy! Teddy? What are you, what are you doing here? I, I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plan. Okay. Well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rockin' and rollin' and whatnot. Danny? <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. What's the matter with you? <laughs> What's the matter with me, baby? What's the matter with you? <laughs> what happened to the Danny circle I met at the beach? Well, I do not know. I mean, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe there's two of us, right? <laughs> why, why, why don't you take out a missing persons ad or, or, or try the yellow pages? I don't know. <laughs> His friends are laughing so hard because everything he's saying is hilarious. Well, I do not know. <laughs> Take out a missing person's head. I mean, that's comedy gold. Anyway, Game of Thrones was this Sunday. Um, boy, kicked ass. Up 1.4 million from last season. But HBO, very smart. They will not give the ratings yet because the ratings don't tell the whole picture. You, They want to get all the ratings compiled before they put it out. 
because they want to put together the DVRs, the HBO Go, the on-demand, the encores, you know, that you would watch when it comes on, you know, an hour later. It's very smart. But it kicked ass. Everybody was expecting I don't watch it. I'm sorry. I probably should. I don't know why I don't. I know Peter Dinklage. He's all right. I guess I need to watch the show. I don't binge watch, so I should have started from the beginning. So that's problematic for me, which is weird. Why wouldn't I binge watch? I sit here for hours upon hours watching television. But what do I watch? I'm watching Dog with a Blog. But so is everybody else. And I told you that girl, you know, tweeted me because it beat Parks and Recreation. So it's not just me. Everybody watches Dog with a Blog. Right? Or not? That's brilliant. A sleepover is just what we need to get our creative juices flowing. My first sleepover. I don't want to get you too excited, but someone's a night farter. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm laughing like um, um, George McFly. (laughs) He's laughing at the honeymooners. Anyway, the uh, national uh, the basketball championship uh, was number one for the week. 9.1 rating. The next thing is the Big Bang Theory, 3.5. But I tell you something, when those sports things aren't around, everything moves up. But sports is still huge. And that's why, how do you not talk about it on a show like this? A 9.1? That was the national championship on Monday night, Duke versus uh, Wisconsin. Damn. The next thing is a 3.5. So if sports isn't in your life... You're missing something because it's big. The odd couple moved up again. Damn it. To number 10 from 22. 60 minutes got a boost from the uh, the golf thing. You know, that moved back up to the, the top. And that Bible thing moved down from 12 to 22. The AD Bible continues. You know, when it went up against the Ten Commandments, we talked about that last week. You know what's funny, though? That's the 18 to 49-year-old ratings. That's what anybody cares about, you know, which, of course, makes me sad. Um, I've moved it to an 18 to 54-year-old rating thing. But when you go to just regular ratings, it's really funny. All of a sudden, you get the stuff that's not in the top 25. You're getting um, Madam Secretary. You're getting Blue Bloods. You're getting The Good Wife, Hawaii Five-0, Person of Interest. You know, all the, the one CBS caters to uh, for people my age, I guess. God damn it. You motherfuckers. Well, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a hell of a show. A hell of a show. Can you believe it's been an hour? That's right. So listen, I you know, I don't know. I mean, next week should be special. We're going to videotape and audio. You'll be able to watch the ridiculous... I mean, we're doing it at a different place, so you won't be able to see Selena actually sitting on the wires, which which is, I mean, that's why I'd tune in. I don't know why people tape this, these shows anyway. What what are, I like Boomer and Carton, but does it, do I need to see what they're doing? You know, unless you have a great guest or something, it's not a lot of action. But we're going to give it a try. And then, uh, you know, I guess maybe I'll know next week uh, where we pop up. Might not be on SoundCloud anymore. We'll see course when i know you'll know but enjoy the week enjoy the playoffs there's so much more we can discuss but we'll leave it for next time 
on the Dave Just Gal podcast. I had a great time today. See you next time.